Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with longtime Rockstar Inner Circle member Chris Terlong to talk about his life, how he became the accidental landlord, and how he turned that into full-blown real estate investing. We also talk about his life and specifically some of the the health and anxiety challenges that he went through. And I appreciate that because I think we've all been through different challenges in our lives. There's seasons to life for sure. And for him to share that and to share how he came out of it, I found extremely useful and insightful. So thanks, Chris, for doing that. We also go through his career, how he went through Loblaws and into the pharmaceutical industry, how he's now in the automotive industry and how that's working out. And we talk just about his thoughts on why he's investing, the economy, his views on life, how he treats people and why he treats people a certain way. So I really just appreciated that and his energy. Wait till you hear Chris's energy. This guy is a ball of fire in the best way possible. So you can't sit down and speak to Chris and not feel excited and motivated afterwards. So just a great chat. And listen, if you are listening to this and you want to become a Rockstar Inner Circle member like Chris, you can visit rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. And at that URL, you will see all the benefits of becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member. That is rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. You can check out there all the benefits that Rockstar Inner Circle members get and decide if you would like to join. If you want to, you can do so right on that website. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, we are live with Chris. I don't know how to pronounce this last name, but let me give it a shot because I love last names. Tara Long. Oh, very good. Tara Long. Very, very good. It's a silent E at the end? Yeah, it depends. Uh, It is French. How do you say it? Tara Long. Oh, awesome! And uh, Chris, we uh, you're, you're you're a fun guy to chat. You're always uh, full of energy, and uh, I I have this memory of you um, with this T-shirt that we can talk about in a second. But just meeting you has been like uh, exciting for us because you bring the fire when you talk with people. I don't know if you always get that, but you bring a lot of energy. So we can take this discussion wherever <laughs> you want to take it. We just saw Chris uh, last night. We had this little rock star event last night and a gentleman by the name of Greg Foss was there and we were just commenting on another person with a whole bunch of energy. And this guy, Greg Foss, I'm sure many of you listening to this know him. He was in person in front of a bunch of rock star members and he was going on and on about credit default swap insurance. And we were looking at the websites live and he just gets all of us I think kind of pumped up about things that you never thought you would get pumped up about like I never thought I'd be jumping up and down and saying look Canada has a triple a rating on its c on cds on its credit and it shouldn't look at the rate that the market is pricing this stuff and it's all because of Craig Foss so we were just before we started recording we were just commenting on all that stuff but I think it's so important for all of us to know this stuff so I'm glad that you were there Chris, listening to all of this madness unfold. And we're very grateful that uh, Greg shares that kind of information. So uh, what brings you to this point? Why are you sitting here? How did you get to, how did you get to, to this place today? Um, I think I got an email and I was, you threatened to cancel my membership if I didn't come in. No, I'm actually, I'm just joking. But <laughs> <laughs> the reality is this is... Um, um, I'm one of those people that uh, have benefit from uh, real estate and you know other adventures, but we'll start with the real estate specifically. And the reason why I've come in is to kind of share my story and just have an open conversation. 
because I think sometimes people think they have to be uh, either at a certain level financially or you have to come from a certain creed. And the reality is anyone can do this. But the key thing about not only doing it is once you decide uh, to make uh, adjustments in your life, what will happen is opportunities will actually open itself. So, you know, whether it's me telling my story or some of the people in the past who have been here and told their story, that's what motivates me. So if I, I have to come full circle and do the same thing and I have to share my story because even if it just changes one person's perspective or it's enough to say, hey, if that guy can do it, then I have no problem being able to do it myself. Yeah, awesome. Especially with all of us right here in the greater Toronto area and Golden yep. Horseshoe. Like I know before I got into this stuff, if I had heard somebody right in our own backyard doing this, it would have given me confidence. So walk us through it. Why did you get into real estate? How did you get started in this whole real estate adventure? Um, I'm going to say, um, honestly, just became an uh, accidental uh, landlord. Uh, this would have been the early 2000. So um, 2008, we wanted to um, upgrade into a uh, bigger home. So we we're in a townhouse at the time. So it was actually quite funny because uh, when, you know, I went, looked at a couple houses with uh, the wife and then the one we selected, you know, I was working two jobs at the time. So I barely had enough time to even get out there so you know we found a house everything was good and then I got the call um, from the inspector that the uh, the roots of the tree were pushing against the house so they said within five years that'll be coming in so it's one of those oh well I can't take any more time off you know we have our goals of things that we're trying to accomplish um, so I guess you know just moving right forward what ended up happening was not only were we in this house my wife's sister had come because her plan was to take over that property. So now there's two families living in one townhouse. So it's literally, Shas, you just find the house. I sign off on it, right? So did you buy that house with the roots that were pushing against the wall? Nope. Oh, so God. I told her to find a new one. She found a house and said, this house is perfect. Do you, when do you want to see it? I don't. If you love it, happy wife, happy life. And literally, that's how we got our our, our uh, second home. What, what part of the city? Where, where this is in Brampton. Okay, uh, so cool. we moved from... Uh, uh, the middle of Brampton, so Queen and like Kennedy, which is near like the 410. But we moved uh, from a townhouse into a detached, which is in Bramley, which is the older part of Brampton. And that gives you more land. So we're in the M section. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yes. cool. <laughs> okay, so accidental landlords because you're, you're a sister in, sister-in-law, you said. Yes. Sister-in-law is yes. with you. Okay, keep going with the story. Yes. Now. Where so, does it go? So now from there, uh, she ended up uh, going into that place. And the goal was for her to acquire that home. Um, and then, you know, at the time we just said, okay, uh, whatever the expenses are, you just pay the expenses and then you just take over the house when, uh, whenever you're ready. Um, so it was pretty easy, uh, obviously because I was dealing with family, but, um, honestly, usually sometimes you, there can be challenges, but it was nothing that we were never able to, to work out. Um, but always paid on time. So that was, so the, you the guys issue. then bought another house. Yeah. And then you rented out that house that you were in, or did she stay in the townhouse? She stayed in the townhouse. She stayed in the townhouse, yeah. got it. And that's how you became, quote unquote, the accidental landlord. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, at first, as I, uh, you know, I should have mentioned earlier, when I wanted to sell the house, you know, someone says, you know, sell your house and then go find a, another property or live with your parents or something, then find your dream home. Um, my agent, who was actually my friend, he actually just said, you know what? He goes, if he goes, I'm telling you guys right now, if one of you can carry the mortgage, don't sell this property. And I was like, you know, fear always makes you want to change your mind. And I just said, I'm not going to let fear stop me. So 
you know, I kept the house under my name, and then my wife put our uh, matrimonial home now oh, in, very in cool. her name, and it was probably the best thing. What that year ever was that approximately? This would have been. Uh, 2008 is when we bought oh, our sweet. second property. Wow. And do you still have both of those today? Yeah. So that's been hugely beneficial to you. Uh, yes, uh, huge. It, it's funny because so many of us use old rules for today's world so that if it was somebody older than you hearing that, they would say, oh, don't take on too much risk. You're carrying too much debt. And then most people do not understand that in an inflationary environment, you want debt. Like it's such backwards thinking like... Debt, we've always been trained, debt is bad. But when the world is solving its debt problems with more debt, <laughs> you actually want good debt because it looks smaller relative to the way asset prices get inflated. I'll never forget when Nick and I figured that out. We were like, oh my gosh, these bankers are going to solve the world's debt problems with more debt. So we should probably get as much debt as we want. Like it was this, now to us, it seems so obvious. Right. But at the time it was like, Oh my God, these assholes, <laughs> they're going to solve this debt problem with more debt. Everybody's screwed. Let's buy some assets quick. It was like, you know, it was just like, we feel it felt like we just un uncovered this big dark secret, but it's right there in the open. If you look, um, so good for you to, to jump into that. That is scary. And that was a great friend who gave you that advice. Exactly. Uh, that was a pure pay it forward. Cause he was a former, um, employee of mine. And while he was at work, um, you know, being the supervisor, I would just, you know, help him because he was working on his education to get into accounting. And then from there, got into real estate, became an agent. So, um, you know, he's an agent. He had an opportunity for us because we said we wanted to sell. He could have easily jumped on it. Sure. But he was just paying it forward because I always looked after him as his supervisor. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Is that Was that in the industry? Was that in the automotive industry that you're still in now? Is it a different no, industry? No, I'm a food guy. So um, I, I came from the uh, Loblaws Group was the first uh, venture I guess I was in. And uh, so I used to work for the Loblaws uh, Group. And there was a couple people. I know uh, Church Chan used to work for them. Oh my God, that's uh, right. I totally forgot yeah, that. Yeah, see, because so I, I pick up when I hear, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, when Weston uh, passed it on to Junior, that was fine. But at that point, because he had to make changes for the business to move forward, I totally understood. But what ended up happening was because there was movements and a lot of management changes, I was like, I don't want to reprove myself to all these people again because pretty much all the work I've done almost becomes null, null and void in, in my opinion. Oh, so I took the opportunity to uh, to cash out and then that's what um, was part of the, the money that I used to, to purchase our, our second home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, and then where does the story go from here? You're working in the corporate world. Do you dive into more real estate? When does that happen? Take us forward. All right, okay. So I guess, um, so yeah, 2008 would have put me in uh, where I was. Uh, after I left Loblaws, you know, I managed a pharmaceutical building. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun because people are in the pharmaceutical industry and there's a lot of people in it. They make a lot of money, but they're very, very... Uh, you can say it. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess uh, they always... They never want to break the rules because obviously they're held to that standard, but they always teach how do we bend the rules as much as possible. So, you know, we got into a few heated conversations because we knew the employees were being underpaid. But to, to my success with uh, the, the other operations manager, he did the production part. I did the, uh, the shipping. 
um, what would happen was between the two of us, we were able to get the employees a raise. So that was definitely, that was my goal. Just get them more so money. So what, what was your role there? You were managing? Uh, operations manager. So I managed the facility. Okay, got um, it. And so, they were producing pharmaceuticals there? Um, so the pharmaceuticals that were uh, we used to store, so it was 3PL. So we would store the uh, pharmaceuticals and then ship to their clients. Got it. So got yeah, it. all the pharmacies. Okay, know, yeah. so you're back into the corporate life now. Um, what happens next? So from there, um, it was Nick a very- has joined us, by the way, oh, Chris. Oh, don't, okay. don't be scared. Nick just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> showed up out of the blue. We he snuck t- in. We were having <laughs> office technical difficulties. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That had to be, had <laughs> to be Nick, addressed. Yeah. Nick snuck in, yeah. I think he's going to be, he'll be here to more or less regulate us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> by, by all means. Um, so I guess, and th- thank you. Thank you for uh, coming, Nick. I oh, God, you're going to thank me. I appreciate you coming in. <laughs> this is... Uh, uh, Did you I'm start not, the podcast by telling everyone that Chris is just a happy guy and it's yeah, always smiling? So he brings and like, a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, we started saying by last lightens. night Greg Frost bought a lot of energy, and now Chris is continuing the energy forward. It's a lot of energy happening here at Rock. I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't see you. I can't help but smile all the time because you walk towards yeah. me all the time with a big smile, big like, smile, chuckling best. and laughing, and <laughs> yeah. things yeah. are good. Yeah. yeah. I think with Chris, even if things maybe aren't good, you're not really going to pick it up because he's nope. going to see the bright side and stuff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so keep walking Chris. us forward. You're at the pharma place. And then what happens? So just to hit a point, it was uh, probably one of two times where I hit a point where I was like, I'm just not happy. I'm working so much. Um, you know, I was a very strong supervisor, so I know how to, you know, just get shit done, if you will. And, uh, you know, once it became the, they promoted me, but the, with the promotion, you have to find a replacement. Unfortunately... Um, you know, I was doing the work of two or three people, so they couldn't, there was not one or even two people that could replace how I was just getting it done. Um, so at that point, you know, I would come home, shovel food into my mouth and I'd have to go back, uh, in there to try to help them get the the work completed. And literally, uh, Michaela, who's my, my eldest, she was like probably, uh, 2008, she would have been five and sit down, you, you're eating. And, you know, I was just about to take a bite, phone rings we need you. We need you. Like things are falling oh. apart. And she looked at me and said, daddy, please don't go. Oh and that God. was the only time, the one and only time where I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to go. It never happened after that because I said, I need to make a change immediately. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Because I knew I had to leave, but I had to break uh, her heart. And I said, this will never happen again. So, you know, I said at this point, now it's, I have to find a way to find something new to do. And what year are we now? What uh, year is that this about? This would have been 2009. Okay. Yeah. And then you're living in Brampton. And where's the faci- Where's the office that you're driving to or the facility you're I driving to? I was fortunate where I've always had this role. I always work close to home. So okay. it was actually in Brampton. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, yes. At least you had that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So from there, uh, I said, uh, you know, I have to find something uh, else to do. Uh, and, you know, my uh, wife, she's in the automotive industry, too. Uh, specifically tires, uh, her boss and I, uh, you know, had a relationship. So we started, you know, just talking in general and he's like, why don't you just come over here and, uh, do sales? And I go, yeah, sales is pretty interesting, but you know, it's tires, right? And so he literally was just like, they're black and round. I don't know what else <laughs> there is to tell you. Right. And he goes, I'm just telling you right now, you know, more about tires than a lot of people, even in the industry. Right. And, um, the reality is, you know, as you're in the industry, it's pretty straightforward, right? There's a lot of different tech and such, but they're pretty much black and round and they just do different things. So from there, once I decided, you know, I spoke to him and I was started, you know, I thought it was a joke. So he's like, no, literally, why are you not coming? You need to make a change 
this is where you need to oh, be. Someone else entered your life that gave you some guidance. Yeah, this happened yeah. A, a few times. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Martin. His name's uh, Martin. So I have to definitely give him a shout out because he was very level-headed and it's easy to talk to him as a, a friend outside of work. But so, it was sales. So was there a base salary change, like drop, and then the, the difference was made up in commission or something like that from what yeah, you were it, used to? Yeah, it was a, definitely a commission uh, uh, base, but they did make an exception because I said, if I come over, there's a certain amount I need to have. So they allowed my base salary. So Got it. less on commercial. Oh, so they were really valuing you to come over. Yeah. Then. So he just said, I just need someone who takes care of people. He goes, if you take care of people, then you will be successful. And that like to this day, that's why I followed that mantra, mm -hmm. right? Doing awesome. the right thing just because it's the right thing to awesome. do. Okay. So you get now, now you're in the auto. So you yeah. went from Loblaws and what was your role? What, sorry, what were you doing? So, was, was that a finance <laughs> role? No. What was that role? Oh, it's pretty interesting. So I started in retail. Okay. So working at store level and Mavis and Eglinton used to be the Loblaws. I opened that store, but now it's a no frills. And then okay. I went into distribution because I wanted to know which path and do I want to stay in retail or do I want to stay in uh, operations and distribution. Oh, God. So it. I worked both. Okay. And, and then from there, you went into this pharmaceutical role with this pharma company and then you make it into automotive. Correct. Okay. So you're covering all the bases. So now you're in automotive and now take us forward. What happens next? So, uh, so that, um, long story short, the business, uh, an American company came um, and they said they were buying the biggest uh, distribution, which happened to be our company. Oh, shit. So what they decided to do was to buy us to enter Canada. And then now they have true coast to coast uh, coverage. And then all the other smaller outfits started getting a little bit nervous because now uh, Americans are coming. So they just made them a little bit nervous. Uh, so the two biggest in Canada, it was us. And then another company merged as one. And then they started buying some of the smaller wholesale uh, business. Oh, got it. So the American company didn't come in to buy you guys. They bought somebody else. And this is how you guys were protecting yourselves. No, no, no. They, oh. they bought us as the biggest. We were the biggest oh, in Canada. Oh, got it. I so apologize. So once they yeah. bought us, everyone else knew it's either join or... Oh God! Yeah, or be run out of business. Oh, so every so then this American company bought you guys and started gobbling up others as well. Yeah, they they bought the two biggest, so us, and then they bought the one that's yeah, similar clear. business. Yeah, and so now we have strong uh, connections with um, uh, with with most the most tires and the most sales, and then we merged with a corporately structured business because they were very strong on the uh, car dealership uh, channel. Got so, it. Yeah. So from there. We, they just bought some smaller businesses to access certain parts of the market. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny what big money does, right? You see a mar market like Canada. For them, I don't know the size of the company, but they're like, okay, we want to enter Canada. Canada's buy, not that big of a way in. Well, it's not that big of a market. If you're big in the U.S., and I don't know the, the, how big they were, but if you're not big in the U.S., you look at Canada, it's like a, it's like a big state out of the 50 states, like a big state. So they're like, well, just add Canada to the mix. How do we get in? We'll just buy one of the big competitors. Smaller shops in Canada get nervous. Yeah, it's like the classic story that just keeps yeah. happening over and over. And it is funny because they don't, a lot of them don't realize that we're actually a country or part of North America because they, in their meetings, they'll always say, you know, in North America and Canada, they yeah. constantly say that. And sometimes people correct them, right? So it's just funny. Well, in Canada same thing used to happen when I was in software. I swear, same thing. We're like, hey, listen, you're going to need your passport when you come up here. Okay. And they're like, really? We need our passport? Back in the day, you could just cross with a driver's license Correct. on land yeah. borders. I think on flights too. You passed them with your driver's license one when you didn't need to. They let yeah, you in. After 9-11, when they went 
went to yes. passports. Right. I forgot one time and Nick and I were close to a flight and we got to the border and I sweet talked my way over the border with a driver's license. I'm like, please, we're going to miss our flight. And uh, yeah, we got through. I still I don't know. I was like, oh, Tom forgot something again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like oh. and we were literally driving, I think right up to the booth. Right. And that's when it hit me. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't have my passport. So uh, anyway, okay, got it. So then now you're still, and you're, but you're still in automotive. Yep. Yep. I'm still in automotive. Okay. So, so walk us through that adventure. So, yeah, uh, so, you know, being in uh, sales, I would, you would have uh, territories, right? So, generally, I would do, like, uh, GTA. So, I do GTA, and then, you know, I've been as north as far as, like, uh, Huntsville, let's say. Um, and then you would have to coverage. But because all these businesses are merging, someone who's been in the business a long time, and then either they're letting people go or bringing in new people, I have to constantly have to keep helping. So, your, your, your cash or your, your book of customers would go from like 300, 1100, and then come down to 800. It kept flexing. And then, uh, you know, if you have relationships with certain customers that nobody else knows, okay, now that's your customer, even if it's out of your, your territory. Oh, geez. So, which is fine because as a company guy, you always want to help because it just, you're a team player, right? Uh, but then it starts to become overwhelming. So what ends up happening is um, in the, in the business, um, and, you know, I just want to just make sure to share because not maybe not a lot of people might not know as I was in the, the business. And I think uh, my wife was in the, the U.S. because she was working on a assignment. She was part of a team that was helping to implement a new system. So it was just me and the, the kids on this side and um, everything was going well. But what happens in the, you know, July, August, September, that's the big uh, tire selling season because winter tires. Hmm. So all the dealers... There's a big push, not only from us, but everyone in the business to try to get pre-sales of tires. So, you know, you'd be out there, you're trying to, you know, get sales, keep customers happy, and you're just becoming overwhelmed. So this is every year, it's at the same period of time. So, you know, I started becoming overwhelming and I was just driving. I was leaving one customer, going to another, and all of a sudden I started feeling a chest pain. Oh, shit. So when I felt the chest pain, I'm like, what is this? Right. Like because it just caught me off guard. So now my mind, I believe, started uh, playing tricks on me because my wife's in the U.S. Uh, my eldest was uh, she would have been uh, so 2014. She would have probably been like 11, 12. Um, and then, you know, I have two other young ones. Now they're at the babysitter and then they come home after. So now they're going to be home. Um, it's going to be like six, six thirty. Dad's still not home. They'll start to panic and then they'll call my wife's sister, who's the backup. And then now she's going to be concerned. So literally, I just I think my body just started shutting down. So I literally just called 911 because I was scared. I uh, called 911, ended up in the hospital. And then, you know, my uh, direct report, he came uh, to the hospital and then my wife flew from the U.S. Like on the next flight, it was like got here right away. You were at the side of the road when you called? Uh, I pulled into a parking lot. Yes. And uh, very, very terrified. I honestly didn't think I was going to make it. And then what sensations were you feeling tightness or throbbing? What was it? Yeah, it was definitely throbbing. Never felt it uh, before. And it, it literally, I thought I was having a, a heart attack. I think it ended up, I think it's anxiety. Got it. I think it was, they called it. And uh, the, you know, from what I'm told and even some of the research I did and talking with people is everybody has it. It's just some people it just express broke. it in different ways. Yeah. And it would just probably broke. It just broke out on me. So, it finally hit that point where 
it was more than I could handle. And because of my outside uh, mm. life, that's when it just came colliding. And I said I needed to make a, a change. Yeah, so um, that change from there is I said, look, I, I don't want to quit. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still performing, but I have to find something else to do. So what ended up happening is I went from outside sales to a more inside and support role. And uh, yeah, once I made that change, I was very, uh, it became very, very happy uh, doing that as well because I still got to talk to customers, still got to work with the operations team, you know, and still was uh, providing for the, the company. But, you know, I'm still thinking company, company, company. So, you know, once I was inside, uh, unfortunately, I had to drive to Burlington from Brampton every day and it was very challenging. Uh, especially the traffic just becomes too much. So what I did at that point, you know, I've obviously been coming to uh, meetings and, you know, when you're talking with people, I said, what am I doing? I can definitely, I have options. Mm -hmm. So what meetings, sorry, uh, coming to, you know, whether it's the VIP meetings. Oh, to some of the rockstar stuff. Yeah. yeah, Oh, so you were, so you uh, around about that time, that's when you became a rockstar member. I wouldn't have been. Um, you think you would think we would do this research and know this stuff? I know. In advance? Right. <laughs> okay, but anyway, like it sounds like right around that time somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then, so sorry. What right. were you picking up from these meetings that you were just hearing other people talk about their lives? The exact same reason why I'm here. I'm just hearing people talk about their lives, their story, and I'm like, I am no different than anybody who's been on this uh, podcast. But the one thing that was different prior was I made the choice. Um, I'm hearing that a lot. We heard it yesterday a lot. Mm-hmm, um, we did, and right? Yeah. yeah. And it's all about uh, choice. Um, and once you just choose, um, you're always going to have options. A lot of us um, who decide not to make changes in our life, what will happen is when you make a choice, even if the choice isn't working out, we're all usually in a position where you'll be okay. It's not like we can't go back mm-hmm. into the, the corporate world if you choose. We're all been got to a succession point for some reason. And it's a lot of it is just because who you are. So if you leave, it's not like you can't re-enter. Yeah. Sometimes even into a better position than you were prior. Yeah, we, all, we always seem to make decisions thinking they're definitive. Like, I'm going to make this thing. I can't turn around. It's over. You know, I'm screwed if this new step doesn't work out. And you can always kind of just go back. I don't know why it's that's such a challenge for humans to accept. Some people maybe are it's, Maybe it's an ego way. thing, too, though. It could be like you feel like you're a failure, maybe, if you don't succeed in your next step. Yeah, but some people's just personality types are not to make decisions quickly and, and move quickly from one thing to another. They... They want the stability. They they like mm-hmm. the stability. So when they they make the decision, yeah. they want it. They can still turn back to to your point. You're right, but they're just not wired the same way. So that, you know, they because they don't to... understand how someone like you can be like, well, I just stopped doing that. I did this today because I'm done doing that. Mm-hmm. I decided I love bulletproof coffee for two and a half years mm-hmm. until it almost killed my adrenals, mm-hmm. and now today I stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, so just people are wired different ways. But you're you're right to, to your point. There's always choice, and well, there. I thought the thing is there isn't always choice in some places oh, around the right. world, and I think we're fortunate that, that we have that choice. we have we have it, and we should take advantage of it a little bit more right. around here, right? I just feel that there's a lot of people who are like eight, just even going back to last night. There's a lot of people who are like eighty percent there, but then it's difficult for them in an investment, whether it's deciding to buy a piece of property or to change a partnership. 
um, or to change a career, they're 80% there in their decision. You can tell when they're speaking that they know what they want to do, but that last 20% doesn't seem to be able to be bridged until there's this big life moment. And it's like that last 20%, it's maybe it's because in Canada we have so much, so many options that to bridge from the 80% to the 100%, it's sometimes you need you need life to smack you upside of the head. The way I personally did it was I extrapolated out my life going forward and uh and then uh and uh and then said um the pain of what I saw 20 years in front of me was just too great. You know? So uh, that was huge. So yeah. So when you're going to these meetings and listening, so what happens next, Chris, what do you do next? Um, The, uh, so once I'm in the meetings and I'm in a position, it's like the holdup is actually me. I was the holdup for the next move. Right. I know um, I'm very confident that no matter what, I'll be able to always provide for my family. And, you know, just like I talk when I talk to people and say, I don't care if I lose my job right now. If I need to, I'll go scrub toilets to make to put food on the table. Um, because I just have that attitude, you know, that's, I think, has always made me successful because I always give my all. So I said, you know, I have to make some adjustments to change my life, you know, literally like, you know, my life, my terms. And, you know, just hearing that, it just one day I just woke up. And I was like, yeah, this is my life. It's, it's my terms. So literally just did a check in with the boss. I said, talk to the wife and then just said. So, uh, almost your terms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her terms, my life. <laughs> but that being said, you know, um, you know, I just ran by her and just said, you know, I'm thinking I want to do some more stuff with uh, properties and such. And she said, that's fine. She goes, just make sure nothing happens to this house. So uh, basically now I have to become creative, right? Um, so I used uh, my, um, I'm not going to say, well, my new connections, but at, at first as I tried to um, move forward, what ended up happening was I was told banks were saying no. Then you would call different brokers and they kept saying no. So, you know, whether it's the YouTube where you're talking to people, I'm like, I keep hearing no. And I go, there's got to be a way because I, every time I go to a meeting or I talk to someone, they find a way. So I'll use one of their people. I talk to them. They're no. And then I heard something on uh, YouTube and I, sorry for, I, I forgive, forgive me for not knowing the, the name, but the point is, cause it's not, it's not relevant who it was. They said, it's not, no, it's just not yet. Right. So instead of, like I say, instead of thinking, why does this keep happening to me? Think of it as what is this teaching me? So I use that. That's like part of my daily uh, mantra when something doesn't go go right. Uh, so I just said I just haven't ran into the right person. I was at a VIP meeting. It was the first one. It was um, it was definitely in in January. It would have been 2019, just before. Uh, yeah, it would have been 2019. So it was January. I was just sitting down and I was uh, sitting beside another VIP member, and then right behind me was his friend. So they kept talking. Uh, back and forth and then you know you just look back and do the wave Um, so you know he said his story I shared my story as a new member and I said oh I see you do um, you know sometimes you'll do uh, meetings I go I'd love to come and just you know engage with the people that you're uh, working with right and he said yeah no problem and that was the person that helped me get into my next deal awesome yes so awesome. shout out to you sean yeah all right awesome. one love because i was told no a lot and he's like i think i can help you 
Cool. And, uh, yeah. So that was, and then what did you do? That was buying a new rental pro. What was that? That's when we got a, um, um, that would have been in Welland. Got it. So first St. Catharines, when I came, I, I, I'm not going to say it was too late because you're never actually too late. I was just priced out at the current time. So my funds, I had to go either further. So either Thurold, uh, Welland, I didn't want to go into Niagara cause it just seemed a little bit too far. Uh, so I ended up in, uh, Welland, and we and got, was yeah. that a straight rental property? Uh, I was going to do. Um, uh, I wanted to do a burr. I was going to turn it into a okay. duplex. You got it. But uh, the one advantage that I have, because I'm almost six four, is when I walk in, as soon as I go into a basement, I can tell, right, if, if it's close to my height requirements. Yeah. That, so that's <laughs> I don't need no tape measure or anything. Right. So that's exactly what I do. I just any tour I'm on, <laughs> as soon as I walk in, I know right off the hop if we're. If we're good. So it was, um, it, you know, obviously turned into a duplex would have been the most optimal. But instead, we just turned it into a single family and it, it's cash flowing. So I think I want to say it went from 200 and then now we are cash flowing. It's seven seven oh two or something like that. It's over $700. Mm-hmm. Awesome. After, yeah. And it, it, it's it, the cash flow changed because I guess you had a tenant uh, move out and you put a new tenant in and rents have changed. Um, well, I used a, a line to um, for the, the renovations. So oh. what happened was, since I used a line, the private uh, mortgage was really high. So I did it to get for the barrier of entry and then cashed out, I think, I don't even think it was 11 months. So it was like 11 months. Uh, I got heard it. it. And that changed your cash flow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but we were still it. cash flowing at, at first. Um, you know, most people will get scared because obviously I had to, I ended up carrying it for three months because it wasn't ready in time. But it was it was okay. And you did that with private money. Yes, that was with yes. Yeah, so you money. you basically faced some big challenges. Most people wouldn't even dare do that with private money. Do you, right. what was the interest rate on that private money when you were using it? It was pretty good. I think it was only like nine. Wow, ten percent. Yeah, you are pretty fearless. Most yeah. people are going to hear nine percent <laughs> yeah. and basically the shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you're having nine percent. Yeah. You're just saying it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, because you had the the plan. And uh, you've said it a couple of times, and I remember when you say you have the board. So you just grab a board, whether you're drawing pictures or whatever the life is. If you have a plan, you say this is a result, and just work it backwards. If you work it backwards and it um, it doesn't work, it's not going to work. No, like sometimes you have to pass. So you were okay with the 9% because you knew you were going to try to get some equity out of this property at some point, Correct. change the financing on it, and that would increase the cash flow. But the private money got you into the market. Correct. So you were happy. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then did it stop there? Did you keep going? Where are you at now? Yeah, I don't I'm, just, I, I'm enjoying Chris, the I don't story. Even know, I, I don't even honest. know. So just fill us in. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I have that uh, that property. I do have a condo. It's in uh, Bowmanville. And then, you know, obviously because of, um, uh, what's it called? Because of COVID, it hasn't finished being built. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, will panic. Just like, oh, what's going on with the market? All that stuff honestly doesn't bother me at all. Um, because I know, um, the delays are actually just benefiting me (laughs) in in my, in my personal opinion. But the one thing I can say, it was funny because I knew this was, um, so I don't know if like what the force is or whatever godsend or whatever you want to call it. The reality is this, I went and I remember I signed, it was like three, it was supposed to be 320. I went to sign and then it said 315, but I believe in karma. So I said, you know, I think this is supposed to be like 319, right? Um, because I that's what they told me. And she goes, well, I guess you just made $5,000. 
you better sign before I change it. <laughs> and it was just literally, you know, I, you know, made sure to fess up because I didn't want the bad karma. Um, but yeah, we signed it. And then, you know, high five my wife and say, awesome. we just made, made $5,000 on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that one should be uh, doing well. I'm going to be checking up on that. So, and that'll be another rental or do you plan to sell I that think one? I, um, most likely the, the original plan is to uh, flip it. Okay. But I'm um, prepared to put a mortgage on it if I need to. Okay, got right. it. But yeah. I don't think I personally don't think I have to. And how's like, your wife handling this these moves? As long as I don't bug her about them, yeah, our yeah, home. Yeah. <laughs> She's the like, do whatever home. you want, yeah, and then the let her home. know whenever there's a problem. So I just said, like, anytime there's a problem. And she's like, no, only when there's like a big problem. Because I'd have to call her like every regular. Yeah, very it's regular. It's real estate. Yeah, yeah calling yeah. her all the time. Um, so what, so, so what, what, when did you start investing though? Because so, I know this was the Welland one. But oh. at what point, I feel like we missed, like <laughs> why did you get into investing in the first place? Because I know you, you were going through the transition. You had the, the, the anxiety. You had the internal job. You were coming to meetings, realizing that, that you could, you know, there was, it could be your life on your terms. And then you were talking about this property in Welland, but it sounds like you already had another property in St. Catharines first. Is that what happened or no? No, no, I did skip some stuff. But uh, oh, okay, we can we can leave those ones out. No, 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 no. Oh, we can definitely. So no, I, I just guess... didn't, I just didn't know what the trigger was because you oh. seem to have gone this and then like was there this other life event? Because it's really insightful to hear. Like we all have these moments, and it's it's. We I appreciate you sharing those. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're hard to kind of revisit, but it yeah. it provides clarity to a lot of people when you hear through other people. Because I know I have had certain moments in my life where I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said. Yeah, this 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 isn't it anymore, and, and I've had to make some wholesale changes because of that, and um, so that that's why. So I'm wondering if you know you, you were still headed down that whatever path you were on, was there another event that then said, "Holy crap! Like I need to be doing something else other than just you know looking for the company because it's respectable. Like a lot of companies are gonna love someone like you that's looking out for the company. That's great, but it seemed like you you went on to do other things as well." Right. So uh, once I'd gone from outside sales uh, to inside, you know, I became a little bit of a leader in that that area. So, you know, you're coaching, uh, you're always helping, you know, just a cheerleader, right? And just bring that that smile because I know, you know, I, I know I'm making people's day. Sometimes they come in there and they're just upset and then it's uh, time to go talk to that person just to, to lift them up. But I knew for me, I was like, this is not the end game. It was just a stepping stone, meaning that I knew adjustment had to be made. But I just didn't know specifically when and uh, and how. Um, so, you know, my wife was doing well. She's now like the VP at her company. She's like killing it. And, um, you know, my children, you know, once they started getting older, uh, it, I was like, okay, now is the time to make a move. Because if I can make a move, then I'll be okay. And then just as I started thinking about this, I'm just telling you this random phone call just came to me. And I'm like what is it that you um, want? They were just like, can you come work for our company? And I was just like, um, I don't know why you're calling me because my resume is not out there. <laughs> but even though I was like thinking about it, I think I, there was a part of me that was just so loyal to the company. I was like, I can't do this. Uh, so they just said, you know, they kept calling me and I said, you can call me next year. If you call me next year and you still need someone, we'll have a conversation. Literally January, I think it was like the fourth, the first Monday. They called and said, we still want to talk to you. So I, you know, as I spoke to my wife, because she's one of my mentors, she said, it's not going to hurt to talk to someone. You don't have to do anything, but you should at least listen to what they have to say. 
And when I went and I met with uh, my now current boss, I, I was just blown away by what they wanted me to, to do. So, you know, I got all excited. Okay, let me just sleep on it. And then when I woke up, I was like, I think this is what I need to do. And now what ended up happening is I left from distribution and now I work for a tire manufacturer, right? Um, so this manufacturer now, they, they're the ones who invented the winter tire. But the reason why I love it is they just said, you have one customer. All you do is take care of that, that customer and no, nobody else. Which is right in your wheelhouse, yeah. taking care of people, yeah. right? So yeah, so you yeah, take yeah. care of people. I don't have to talk about price. I don't get calls that the guy next door is $5 or $10 cheaper. And so, you know, I don't have to have those conversations. Isn't your service worth more than 5 or $10? Uh, isn't my time worth more than $5, $10? You know, this is a guy like me who's been in a shop, customer complaining for 50 cents on a tire, and I've literally thrown a toonie right at the customer. Here's the two bucks, okay? Can you buy it from here now? Like, you know, because that's the society uh, people are in. So that's why I value service. People like uh, this group here. And service is very, very important to me. And that's why I want to stay in that kind of uh, industry. So being with that kind of, uh, now that I have one customer, I'm responsible for making sure, you know, I watch the inventory, make sure it's good. Uh, and then the, the most important part is the training. So I get to uh, train the stores uh, on the um, product. And then this year we had to make an adjustment where I actually had to do some online training. So, um, you know. As you were saying earlier, you know, people can get nervous being in front of the, the camera. And it's like, as long as I don't have to keep looking at it, yeah. we're fine, right? So I didn't realize that you were a tire expert. I just bought winter tires for the Tesla. I should have spoken to you. I had no clue, a clue what I was doing. They just presented three options. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know. That one. <laughs> the middle one. Yeah. That's so, what I do. Yeah. Okay, middle one sounds and, good. Yeah. If you went on the Tesla forum, they uh, would have said, oh, if you want it. the best winter tire, this is the brand. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. would even tell you where to go oh, to get no, it. You don't understand <laughs> my level go, of Tom. laziness. <laughs> my level of laziness. I have this one company. Actually, they've been on the podcast. It's Mobile Tire. Yes, I know. And, and uh, they've been great to me. Yeah. So I just great. said, uh, you know, whatever you guys suggest, because I needed new rims too, yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, I had to change the size. Anyway, right. but uh, why did that person call you on the first Monday of January 4th? Why did they know your name? Oh, because I kept turning them down. I didn't even want... But I why just, did they call you the first time? How did they get a hold oh, of right. you? Oh, right. That's a great question because when I asked why, I was like, so how did you guys get my name? Because I didn't apply for this. And they just said, we were talking to a customer and the customer said, we know a guy that would that would be amazing for your company. So, as a so customer, why, why did that customer say that? I don't, I don't know which customer it is. Mm -hmm. A customer referred and basically just said, if you're looking for a guy, this is the guy you want because he takes care of customers. I don't know it's who it was. Yeah, what you're talking about is so funny because you treated somebody well. You treated them right. You brought a lot of energy and a lot of fun and laughter. And they felt that energy. They felt that you, they, you didn't screw them. And unbeknownst to you, behind your back, they were serving you because the way you served them. Yep. And I think so many people hit shortfalls in life because they're always trying to win the deal. They're always trying to win that 50 cents. They're always trying to get a better price from somebody. They're always trying to shop people around. They're always looking how they're getting screwed. What you do, you serve people and it came back to serve you in a way that you could have never expected. And I'm, I think people think I'm bullshitting when I, th when I say that's the most important way I believe you should live life. Yeah. Give more value than you take in. And then you'll have more value coming back to you than you ever know what to possibly do with. 
And I don't know why that's a difficult message for people to hear, but I find the majority of people, maybe not people listening to this particular podcast, because you're probably attracted to that kind of messaging, but most people in life don't get it. You do that naturally. Yep. Kudos to you, man. Ties back. uh, I fully agree 100% what you're saying, but it goes back to choice, right? I told you, um, uh, Martin, who I mentioned uh, earlier, and I love this guy, but he just, you know, and he used to push and pound and pound it into us that you just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Um, you guys have also said it too um, in previous uh, podcasts you've mentioned where sometimes something's gone wrong with a deal and now the customer, so mm-hmm. one of the members, thinks you guys are not real. Mm-hmm. You guys are just yeah. shooting a message and it's, no, something's got to be wrong. And then when you guys get involved, it's you get the job done, but you just want to make sure yourself that you guys are doing the right thing. And I know it's very sincere when you guys do it. And that, that resonates deep with uh, people with myself. And it's not just me. There's a, it's a lot of people. Like I listen to your guys' podcasts and I, you know, not only am I laughing and enjoying myself, I'm like, these are just normal people. It doesn't I'm, matter. I'm normal. Nick's yeah. Not. Like, no, there's like, one of us here that's normal, Chris. Okay, two of the three more people. Are there. <laughs> <laughs> because me and you are very similar. So I know it's more him for sure. But, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Nick's the normal Chris, one. You just keep getting smarter and smarter <laughs> in my books. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to play. So I love you guys both. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I was, I was waiting till later, but, uh, you know, I brought this cause this has sentimental value to me. And, uh, well, two reasons. Number one is just to let everyone know that I'm actually the only one who has a signed shirt. Yeah, so it's yeah, very yeah, important yeah, yeah, to yeah. know. I can't believe we did that. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's super cool. You got, you I just that. asked you guys and you were like, okay, all right. The monetary but, value of that. We just went from eight Canadian dollars to, to a solid six, eight, maybe, maybe 850. I was oh, going to give it 50 because now it's marked we up. We lost $2. <laughs> yeah. So that t-shirt went down in value. <laughs> did it? <laughs> we'll give but you, the we'll sentimental give you value is sentimental. Sentimental. That's priceless, Nick. That's priceless. It is. It is. But it's just, it just remind me of two guys from uh, whether your your beginnings because even before I joined you know I would follow and get the the different newsletters and such but the what was key specifically is it didn't matter um, how much bigger the this got it got bigger the community is getting bigger uh, you guys are always available you're always uh, approachable you always have uh, time whether it's someone who's part of the inner circle or VIP or just someone who has uh, questions because when I first met you you guys are literally like any other questions, you guys can, we'll be out in the, the lobby. You guys will talk as long as it, as it, as it needs to be, right? Um, and that's very key to me. Sometimes people grow, uh, businesses grow, and it's not, on, it's not deliberate, but the business comes so big, they're not available. So you guys are just unreachable, right? Outside when you're on your, your trip. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, like you guys are, I always have that um, feeling, and I know it's very true, that if I ever needed to talk to one of you, I don't think I'd have any issues being able to, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah have absolutely. a sit down with you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's a nice no, thing to yeah. say. So thank you. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. We used to know every single person's name here that is part of the membership as yeah. well. We've lost that a little bit, <laughs> but the community is cool. Like yeah. to see you last night in that group, um, you know, it's cool to see all of us because then you interacting with someone else, the impact that you're having, Nick and I don't even have to be around yep. and the community is helping each other out, you know? So yep. that's brilliant. Like I didn't even know how you got the private money that just happened. Right. You know, so that's super cool to hear. Um, it definitely is. I purposely always try to sit with uh, someone I never met before mm. just to, not only to hear their story or sometimes they just have, might have questions or, want to hear about me but i i deliberately sit with uh different people just 
how can I impact them? Whether, you know, I'm entertaining them or just having a few laughs. Uh, yesterday I was sitting with um, uh, Susan and um, she has uh, walking sticks. So she was just in the line, but I was already out there. And I was just like, do you want me to just uh, grab your food for you? She didn't ask me. She was just like, oh, that would be a miracle. So I helped her, you know, we brought her food, went and got her a drink and then even got her uh, some desserts. But you just do it just because it's the right thing to do. I could have just stayed in line and then just went ahead mm-hmm. and just watch her struggle. But why would you, right? So, that, But you're, you're a proof and an example of that type of attitude, you know, kind of what goes around comes around because you've seen it multiple times in your life where what, like what Tom was saying, it, it, there's results that you've gotten because of it and you're not even after those, but it's just, it, it yeah. and, and I truly believe that that makes a difference and, and you can't quant when you're doing that type of stuff, you can't see a return on investment. You can't mm-hmm. quantify it. You just have to trust it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you're always looking for a return on everything you do, it just doesn't work out the same way. Right. 100 percent yeah there's not even i would even say not even less than 100 percent. literally 100 percent. if you're always just looking for the return yeah you're going to probably score one or uh two times but you'll get damaged uh not only in the industry just in life in general like you just won't be trusted so that's why you just always do it like even in the community i'm always um you know helping people on the street you know I, it's, I don't look for any recognition, but I literally, after the garbage truck comes, if I'm home, I bring everyone's bins back onto their, their driveway for no other reason besides I'm just right there anyways. Right. So you just, you're just always doing that stuff. I, you know, I take lots of walks in the morning and, uh, it's usually more in the winter. I'll put uh, a lot of stuff in my, um, uh, pocket. So I purposely wear like bigger clothes. So when I see garbage, I pick it up and I just put it in my garbage who the in my pocket. Are, yeah, who is this guy? You? <laughs> you are I the just, nicest person. These are just things that can you, know, you be my neighbor? I know, I know. I just share for no other reason that you've got, nobody's heard this prior to right now this conversation. But I'm just saying everyone just do a little bit. That's the only yeah. reason why I'm sharing what I do because I don't tell people. I just do it. You right? just reminded me of something <laughs> I did when uh, we were in, in Croatia on this beach that we go to. Yeah. And I remember thinking, ah, oh, there's like a little bit of garbage. It's a nice beach, but there was a little bit of garbage on the beach. And one year I got my nieces and my kids, Nick, I think your, your daughters were too young to do this. And we took a bunch of garbage bags. I think we might've left. We weren't, we left. Oh, you guys and we were, did left. And we left, we crawled the beach early in the morning. I made them all get up bright and early when no one's on the beach. And we just picked up all the garbage yeah. on the beach. And I remember being under a table on my hands and knees, picking up butts, like cigarette butts and the owner nick that's mario you know mario mario and we didn't we kind of knew him but he didn't yeah. know that well he's at the front of his cafe i'm under his tables <laughs> these tables used to be on the rocks because he didn't even have the patio built they were mm-hmm. on the rock beach and they were on the rocks and i'm under his tables picking up garbage putting them into garbage <laughs> and i remember he was just looking at me and he didn't say anything he just kind of looked at me and i yeah. think it was almost like he had just seen like a wild animal or something just <laughs> yep. like oh that's kind of interesting like what's happening there and i'll never forget lugging the garbage bags up you know how steep the, yeah. the driveway is to get back up to the garbage area and walking up and uh i don't know it just makes you feel good it makes you it gives like me this weird sense of satisfaction like yeah yeah we just did something that's kind of good like i don't care you know this is this is just the right thing contributing i think anytime you contribute you feel good like it's yeah. Like there's, there's almost like a sense of self-worth. You're like, Hey, like I'm 
I'm contributing. Yeah, I'm, feel, I'm, do, I'm, do, I'm making a get, difference here. You yeah, know, it gives matters. you a better feeling yeah. about yourself. It's almost sometimes when I do those things, selfish, because I know I'm going to feel better. You got to wonder if it is selfish sometimes. No, no. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, I, sometimes I, I wonder, like, people are like, oh, thanks so much. I'm like, you know, in some ways, this is kind of helps me sometimes too. It's like I'm almost Sometimes selfish. I wonder if like you're manipulating the system of the world, because I'm like, I know if I just give more value, more value is going to come back to me. Is that Am I being manipulative? Because <laughs> you know I mean? I'm like, I know this is the way the system works, you know? Like, and sometimes I'm, I'm overthinking it. I'm like, wait a second. Does right. this mean I'm working the system here? <laughs> right. But uh, the, the, the thing with that is because there, I think there's a lot of people that do that. And and maybe they don't end up seeing the value. They don't feel like they see the value too. And I think you can't just give and you have to be willing to receive as well. Or like your wife gave you that advice at one point. She said, it, you know, it doesn't hurt to have the conversation, yeah. right? Because if you didn't have that conversation or you weren't open to receiving the value, then you wouldn't have received it and you wouldn't have got mm-hmm. the, the kind of like the, 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 the first full circle wouldn't have worked there. So there's that. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they're, they're not able to receive very well because they're so giving. So many people. Yeah, they're so, so giving people. that they just won't open their arms when it's time for yeah. them to receive. That's why it's got to go both ways. That's why it's nice, I think, for a lot of people to own uh, like rental property because you have a system in your life that's going to receive for you. So even if you're not naturally not a good receiver, you know, you're going to benefit from some of the, the things of owning real estate. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, Nick, which book it was, but I remember I wasn't a good receiver when it came to money, Chris, right. until I got into sales and I understood how money right. worked. And then I just kind of got very comfortable with it where if somebody was going to give me money for any reason, yep. I was just like, I would put my hand out and say, yeah, put it right there. That's fine. I was ready to accept the money at all times, whether it came to tenants giving us money for rental properties, a commission at a sales job. I just always felt like, yeah, I'm ready to receive that. So thank you. Put put the money right there. Right. (laughs) It never became a bother for me. But I meet so many people who are still kind of hesitant to that. Even when we work with investors who are going to get like rent money. And they're like, oh no, like don't give me the money until like you're you're totally ready. I'm like, well, if you've decided they're going to be a great tenant, you're ready to accept them. If they give you money, if the world or universe is putting money in your hands, you take the money. Yeah. Right. You can always you can always give it back. Yeah, you can right? always, you give, can it always give it you're back. You're not taking right? it for wrong reasons. Right. But what you're saying, Chris, is this Zig Ziglar quote. I know I don't know if anyone knows Zig Ziglar anymore. That's how like old we are. But he's like a big sales trainer. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you probably know. Someone listening to this is we were Fair mentioning enough. something to the, someone the other day on the podcast, yeah. and they were like 20, and they had never heard of a TV show that was like 20 years old or something. <laughs> but anyway, the quote goes: "You can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want." Yeah. And I just always that, that that just sums it all up so beautifully, right? Yeah. It's um, uh, that's definitely a, a huge one. And just like um, just like how you brought that up is very important for you know I'm from operations and then I went into sales and that's what learned that you can actually help and do more not only for yourself, your family, and the world uh, for being in sales. So if you're not in sales, at least watch a video or read about sales because there's a lot of life lessons and things that help you to learn how to help people. Cause the first uh, is, you know, you can donate your time. Uh, the second component is, you know, there's obviously monetary, but in sales, you can find ways to uh, make money and then you can, you're able to help more people. I chose to make a change in um, where I work and it's actually given me more free time. You know, I got to go to Finland, to Helsinki, the nation's uh, capital. You know, I got to wear my, my uh, year life, team. my year life, your terms, uh, t-shirt. Um, and not only that, but you know, I, I get to go wherever I want. You know, we went to, uh, Ireland in 2020 for like almost a month from like May 2nd to like 
May 25th. And, um, you know, real estate obviously helped me uh, with that. But the point is, I'm just making a change in my life because I'm in a position now where I'm in, in control. But the key thing is, just like we keep hearing that word choice, people just really need to think about it. You do actually have the choice. Mm-hmm. What, what's that bracelet say that you're wearing? Oh, my bracelet? Oh, yeah. yeah, I actually I forgot about it. Very important. Oh, there's two. There's two. I have what do two. they say? There's a few that I have, but these ones are very important. So first, we'll start with... Uh, Create it. So don't wait for the opportunity. Create it. Very, very important. And the second one is action is the foundation key to all success. Because a lot of people are set up. They they do all the steps and everything's ready to go, but they just won't take the action. And I'm glad you asked because there's people not only in your lives, but in mine, where since I've been on this road and this path, I'm like, come aboard. You know, you're trying to help them. And they're just, no, they all the excuses, you know, oh, the markets, I'm just waiting for the market to go down or, you know, I don't have enough. And I just said, you just keep making these choices that are actually hurting you. Mm-hmm. And I, this is why I wear it. And I will just constantly look to make sure that I know that I'm in control at all times. There's never a, a moment where I'm not in control of what I'm going to do. It's, it's funny, in the last few guests we've had on, like Jatinder Gill was on here yep. talking about properties and we asked him what he was scared of next because he acquired like a crap load of properties yep. in a short <laughs> period of time. And he's like, nothing. I'm like, well, you're not scared of anything. He's like, no, because I know whatever comes my way, I'm going to handle it. And then Dan Yarnovic, who's now part of the Rockstar team, was, he was uh, here with Mike. And we said, what are you scared of? And he's like, well, not really anything. And now, Chris, you're sitting here just thinking, talking about action Um and it doesn't feel like you're scared of anything. Everything's a lesson in your life, it, no matter what it looks like to other people. And it's interesting. Once you make that mind shift, you just realize that like everything's an opportunity. Like everything's an opportunity. Everything. I, I feel it's not just this, right? So I'm going to bring it back to real estate for a second. Yep. Um, but it's not just this, but I've always felt that in my life, becoming a real estate investor has made me a better person in other aspects of my life because it made me far more resourceful than I would have been without it. Because all the problems- Forced you to be resourceful. Yeah, because of the problems (laughs) that I had to encounter, I used to think they were big problems. And now I look at those exact same things that I had to deal with and I'm like, "Eh, no big deal. The shit hitting your arm was a pretty big problem. You don't remember so, it the way I remember that story because you've blocked it out. But I, you had shit against your arm. You I had, For anyone I listening to this, was, it was a sewer backup, <laughs> shit flowing to a new furnace. Nick wanted to save the new furnace. You dove with your arm and stopped the shit flow. And the plumber looked at me actually, and he said, I've been in this business a long time and I've never seen that before. You know what? I think we might actually have to read this story. might have to be updated now that we know what we know about that drain, that there was actually nothing connected to it. It might just be leftover shit from the ground no 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 the, that drain went to that toilet <laughs> oh it didn't go so it didn't go down no, kind of yeah, yeah all right yeah. so yeah. i don't i don't want to be a witness to this now yeah, i'm a sorry, wit- now you just made yeah, me a yeah, witness sorry. so now people are going to be asking me but <laughs> um, but chris i also wanted to say with what you were saying when you were talking about your braces and stuff i was just looking at you i'm like man sharing what you share can really have an, a big impact on a lot of people there's like, you know, there's a lot of people, that, there's people that are going to listen to this and, and it's going to have an impact. But I just, I was just thinking about different environments and I'm like, man, at the, at the right age, like in, the, in a group of kids, like, I don't know if it's like a certain age in high school, you meet someone like him that's like, Hey man, look, here's, here's kind of what I went through. Here's how I just, I just think that type of journey hits home, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully your kids, as you share this stuff with them, they can, they are able to learn from it and stuff as well. Cause there's so many lessons 
in the different stages that you shared? Like so many flipping lessons. Right. And, and to well, see, from calling 911 about anxiety yeah. to where he is now. Yeah. And to coming on the other side and just kind of the way you kind of operate like that, you know, you must either you, you have a strong mind now, or you've always had a strong mind, but to instill all those belief systems in your mind and to live like that, it's not always easy because in our day to day, there's so many opportunities to get dragged down by the negative side of stuff, but you seem to avoid those. Right. Um, and I, a lot of that's more in the, the later years. Cause you know, you, sometimes you can be a pessimist, but, um, when you're pessimistic, it's all your, 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 your route will start. You'll start to fall like very fast, very fast. So you have to start changing your mindset. But the, one of the very key things, I don't care if it's uh, part of the rockstar team, just become part of a group of positive people, yeah. whether it's real estate mastermind or just a group, like whether it's a golf group or some sport, go join a beer league, like just do something with people so that you'll always have that positive attitude. And if people are negative, you have to leave that group and go somewhere else. Like my wife will push at me and say, if you don't like it, then you have to make the change. Yeah. Don't don't complain, right? You have to make the the adjustment. Well, one of my, my biggest moments in my life was when I, I realized, so I made some changes you know, to my peer group uh, because I felt like I had to at that moment. And I wasn't sure that it would actually make a difference. And I wasn't even doing it to make a difference, but I just kind of, there was something saying like, I just kind of had to spend more time a little bit elsewhere, not, not with a long-term peer group that I had. Right. And, uh, you know, looking back, it didn't take long to look back until I just realized that there's a lot of little aspects of my life. It wasn't like these grand changes, but there's a lot of little things that started turning around. And I was like, Oh, that's not happening to me anymore. I don't feel like this anymore. And to, so to your point, it's, it's, it's really valuable. And sometimes it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it, you know? Right. So I think it's also really cool the way you ca- called your wife. Uh, you said your wife's like one of your mentors. Oh, yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. And that's, that shows a lot of respect to Jeff for That's really cool. I don't know if I've ever said that about my wife. So <laughs> I'm not going to hope she doesn't hear that. I and thought when you were first talking, you were going to say, I, I, I finally realized that my wife was in charge. I thought that's what you were going to say. No, about changing your peer groups. I totally thought that he was about to say that. No, I still live in my fantasy land and I'm in charge. I I, I willfully am blind to that fact. She is very patient. Uh, She's actually sitting sitting right behind us right now. She doesn't know that we're talking about it. She comes into the office a few hours a week. Chris just looks back at me. He's got scared. I know. Oh, yeah. She's peering in the window wondering what the working back there. She's not staring at the back of his head or something. Oh, so I guess uh, I should, um, well, I can summarize and just talk about my my portfolio because I guess, you know what I mean? I, I talk the talk, but do I walk the walk? <laughs> but uh, yeah, not not for any other reason. Just, uh, you know, I have, uh, we have two in uh, Brampton. So two, um, and one is uh, like a duplex uh, with an upper and lower. And then we have a uh, property in Welland. And then we have uh, a condo in Bowmanville that I uh, uh, mentioned. And then we're looking at um, some a place in uh, Costa Rica, but uh, we might not do it. There's second second thoughts because my wife's thinking, no, I want to see other parts of the, the world and not commit. But the reason why it even came up was, what do we want to do once we start slowing down? So it's, you know, we want to just have some, some uh, a place somewhere warm. So at least we can go there for uh, a few months whenever we want to get out. But, um, you know, now it's getting pulled back a little bit. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where it goes. But the point is I am going to be looking at having awesome. a place somewhere else. It's very important, especially 
Canadian weathers can get very uh, <laughs> yeah. So cool. many people in the Rockstar group. I mean, Christian was at the uh, meeting yes, uh, yesterday, and he has his res- residency in Panama. So many uh, Rockstar <laughs> members yeah. are starting to get properties right. around the world. Right, we right. should just build a big network that you yeah. can kind of just kind of yeah. couch hop around the world. <laughs> we're so, often so. A, a part of the trip I'm taking with the family, but it's a little bit of a scouting mission as well, looking at some properties where we're right. headed as well so, to see. You know, just to see what options might be available. Yeah, yeah, you, know, exactly. you never know. And the curiosity keeps going for you because I know you're kind of into some Bitcoin stuff. You're doing some stock trading stuff. So it hasn't stopped for you. No, no. But uh, um, I guess the because of, um, well, I have to give them the credit too. The, the real estate it gives you the flexibility to at least have the, the conversation or to even look into this, some of the stuff. So literally, I just, I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, if they keep talking about this Bitcoin, I got to look into it. <laughs> So I literally got a bit by wallet. Oh, right? did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. This was like last year. Oh, I go, I have to do some more research because I'm not yes, fully Yes, everybody educated. listening, do your research. Yeah, you have to make sure you do your research. And this is just, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just telling you my story. All right. Does that protect me from now you sound, Now you sound okay. like, you sound like okay. me. You sound I just like have to me. make yeah. sure, right? So this is not uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the one going out on the limb. So <laughs> this you is should really me? check this Bitcoin yeah. thing so out. Check this out. None of the views expressed here oh, okay. are, are <laughs> representative of the, yeah. this podcast yeah. or yeah. anything else. This <laughs> so is not financial advice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's not because Tom told me to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. But what I did specifically was I just said, you know, just get a small amount that's not going to hurt. So literally 500 bucks. Cool. Put in the bid buy and then see what happens as I'm doing my research, right? Because yeah, awesome. it's not just here, but, you know, I'm hearing other, you know, areas. Uh, and when people are mentioning, you know, um, it's important to at least uh, take a look into it. So it's between that and I was actually very happy yesterday uh, when he mentioned the GBTC, the ETF. Because yeah. I did, because I do have it. Yeah, and then I went and I checked live and I was like, yep, it's going up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm still doing yeah. my research. You feel so smart when the price is going oh, up. When yeah. the price is going down, you just feel like, oh my God, now, what is this? Yeah, so it's now, why I love real estate so much because yeah. it's not liquid. Because right. many times you can look at a property and say, I hate that property. Right. I hate that property. Yeah. Why is this property making me do this? But then you can't sell it with a push of a button. So yeah. you stick with it. And 10 years later, you're like, I'm so smart for keeping that property. Right. But you've wanted to sell it like 15 <laughs> times over 10 years. You know I, mean? I had, And it's funny how you say because I had one property and it's like doing really well. But you kept getting called because the tenants are fighting. And uh, I'm getting calls all the time, like nonstop. And then they're just, it's just, but another time I'll give you the specifics. But the point is, I got to the point where I said, I had enough, I'm getting rid of it. And my wife's like, no, you're not. Oh, no. <laughs> and she was, yeah. Turns. But that's the same person who's like, oh, you're always gone or you got to go there and deal with an issue. Yeah. I don't know why you still have it. But as soon as I, you know, hit my, my brink and I Make- said, I'm done. She's like, uh, uh, uh. Slow (laughs) down here. Slow Slow down down there, bucko. Maybe maybe it's time for a property manager at some point on on one of these properties. Yes, yes. It'll eat into some cash flow, but it might spend Yeah, yeah. So uh, so the Wellin has a property. Oh, Uh, yeah. So I think it's Orange. uh, Yeah. Orange uh, List, probably. Yeah. So Orange List does that one for us. And it's because I didn't want to drive back and forth. But during the Burr, I made sure to drive just to be part of the process, right? And make sure, you know, I've heard the horror stories where I don't know what happened. And I was like, what happened is you never went there, right? (laughs) Right? So if you can't be Uh, there. Call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah. If you can't be there or have eyes that you trust, like family to go there, uh, then you can't do it. That's why the U.S., that's the only reason I never 
jumped on any opportunities in the U.S. is sure. because I you can't. Team. I yeah. yeah, if you're not part of the team, so the team is very important. Obviously, uh, you know, I want to give shout outs to both uh, Kelly Hawks and uh, Andy Tran. So just when we say sometimes. Uh, you and I spoke about this just before we started. Sometimes people will say something to you and it just changes your life. So I'm sweating. You know, I'm, lo- I'm starting to lose sleep. It's the first time over a property because people are fighting and I don't know what to do. And I'm trying everything. You know, I have to go to um, the tenant board. So now I'm sweating, right? Because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to mess around with the judicial system at all because I'm like a law-abiding citizen. So, you know, I called up Kelly. And then Kelly's just like, you got this. And I was like, what do you mean I got this? I'm so scared. So she literally just met with me at a Starbucks and, you know, just literally just read my story and said, this is awful. But she goes, don't worry. They can't do anything to you. Just go there. You're just going to follow the rules. And she just kind of coached me through it. Awesome. And she did this on her own time. She's great. Didn't charge a a dime. And this is why you got to give a shout out because, you know, some people, you know, will just charge you just for their time. But she knew what I was going through, she just helps people, right? Mr. Uh, Andy, you know, I got a, um, what do they call it, uh, uh, from the city because it was a grandfathered in property. Oh, so you got some kind of notice? Yeah, notice telling they want to come and check, right? So I started, you know, stressing about that. And he just said, you know what? Um, because I was kind of dodging them at first because I didn't know what to do. And literally, I just say, I went to a meeting and I was just sitting and I just said, oh, shoot, I'm right beside Andy. And I literally just, hey, how you doing, Andy? I go, I have this situation <laughs> in Brampton. And he just said, yeah, just he goes, just be in communication. They're going to tell you exactly what they want and just do it. He goes, it's that simple. And I go, yeah, but I'm nervous. They might come with all these outrageous. He goes, nothing's really outrageous. They'll just give you a list of uh, things that need to be done. The reason they're even there is because obviously someone's complained, uh, most likely because of the, the noise. The, the street probably just got fed up. But he goes, just have the conversation with them, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Awesome. Yeah. When I hear that, like when I hear stuff like 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 just that it happened, these conversations that are happening at different events, like the VIP event yep. or something, it just it's so cool. That's like it's cool. something that I just I don't know. We never there was. It, there was no plans for mm-hmm. that or anything. It like just it, just, started it just started happening, and and it's really cool. Like it's, I appreciate you sharing that. It, it's so cool. So let's oh call God. it. So Kelly Hawks is K H paralegal. If you just Google up Kelly Hawks, she's a paralegal who understands the tenant board inside and out and backwards. <laughs> and she's Andy been on Trend, this, She's been on the podcast a couple times. times. Yeah. Same with Andy yep. too. So Andy you can look Trend them up. His company is called Sweet Editions. So if you Google up Andy Tran, Sweet Editions, Sweet being S U I T E, you can find Andy Tran. So yeah, good guy, good people yeah. for sure. Great, everyone. And that's why um, when you're ever at a meeting, um, you know, I just encourage people. I know we have our our little cliques or groups that we spend a lot of time with, but sometimes just sit with somebody else. You'll just be amazed at uh, what happens. I've made so many new uh, friends and uh, contacts and just people that I don't need anything from them. They don't need anything from me. Hey, if you're just free, let's go for a coffee. Let's just talk and just talk the about value, life. The value of building your network, again, because it's not something that a lot of people need immediate returns. And because they don't see immediate returns, they they, they maybe don't place the proper value on building your network. But but when you're in a situation and you yeah. have a couple phone calls or, or you're someplace you can have a quick conversation with someone, yep. it's just, it's it's it really changes totally. things. And I think it's what can make you so confident about stuff as well. When, when, you know, you said people were coming on and, and like Jatinder and yourself, you're like, well, I, I don't know, I just feel like I can handle it. Because when you have people around you that you think you can reach out to when you need something, <laughs> yep. it gives you an added level of confidence about that stuff, right? Which is so cool. And uh, don't forget to shout out uh, Andrew, obviously, my 
my coach. I don't, oh, no, no, I, leave him out. I don't use him very <laughs> often, but I have to give him, I just have to give him love because whenever I call him, he does answer. And, you know, he just, he'll just give you just options. He'll just say, you can either do this, this, and this, you know, I'm in Brampton, so I can tell you this happened with me in Brampton. And he goes, but again, he's used that word. He goes, it's your choice. You just figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And it just makes it so relaxing. I'm actually, I'm empowered. I'm actually not afraid of uh, anything. So since I came here, you know, I've acquired with um, a joint venture with another, uh, that's the one in Welland. It was a joint venture with uh, with another member. Um, you know, I was able to get, dabble with the the Amazon. So I've also done some Amazon. Oh, but cool. I just don't want to get too deep. But, uh, you know, mostly the, um, retail arbitrage, which is just reselling. Uh, as a po- I never got a chance to pick another, uh, to design my own product. But that's a phenomenal group that I still, you know, every time I see them, I say hi, whether it's Greg, Brian, or, you know, everyone else who's in the, the group. And then, um, you know, the stock uh, options, just uh, dabbling in there with some options and then just, you know, just playing and seeing, you know what I mean? Where it's not life changing or yeah, more you're just learning. Like, just yeah, you're just yeah. learning. Pulls you in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. See what pulls you in. And with um, and almost I'm going to call it like risk free because. If it all disappeared, I would not, you know what I mean? It's not like mortgage is not getting paid. So it gives me that freedom. Um, and then obviously now I'm dabbling with the the Bitcoin uh, specifically. Uh, just, But I'm still doing the research, but I'm not waiting to have all the information. Put a little money in there and then do some cool. research with some of these uh, powerful books and um the, using the, the tube, as I like to call it, right? Awesome. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. great. Greg and Brian were actually doing a class. They were one of our first in-person classes, again, here oh, at Rockstar nice. recently. And we didn't really advertise them too much with everything going on in the world, even to the members, but we, we opened it up. Yep. And they had like four people attend that class. Yep. And these two people could probably charge $50,000 a day for consulting to other Amazon businesses. Yep. And I, I, I wonder, do those four Rockstar members that came to that class know the value that they just yep. got from listening to those two people talk about how to build Amazon businesses? Yeah. Yep. So huge stuff. Chris, I mean, thank you for sharing all this stuff and, and you know, giving props to all these people. Oh, that yeah. obviously is your style. You came in with a plan to do that. And just sharing your story, man, really, thank you so much. We really appreciate this. There was no need for you to do this. You didn't have to come in and share this stuff. So uh, we, we thank you a lot. And we don't really know how to pay it back. But I know we have an $8 t-shirt at the front <laughs> that we can give you as a small token a small of token. our appreciation <laughs> for you doing this. So uh, thanks, man. No, really, no, no. Really I, thank you. I appreciate thank both you. of you. Like You guys are very important to the, the community. And uh, a lot of us would not even, would never have crossed paths if it wasn't for just what you guys have built. So that's why my return is uh, things like this, by just coming back and just seeing my story. Very cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Chris as much as we did. And listen, if you want to become a Rockstar Inner Circle member like Chris, you can do so by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. All the benefits of the Rockstar Inner Circle membership are laid out there. That is it for this episode. Until next time, your life your terms.